Welcome to Redeemer's Church Weekly Message Podcast, where our mission is simple. We are a church that is passionate about loving God and loving people. And now, we hope you enjoy this week's message by Pastor Dwight Bennett. Hallelujah. What a great beginning to this service. Um, I can't tell you how much personally I've been touched today. Um, You know, uh, on January 28th, when I had that car accident, you know, my shoulder got ripped in shreds. And uh, I spent all of this year in pain. And uh, so I had my surgery August 11th, and then I've spent the last two months in pain. (laughs) But it's a good pain. It's a healing pain. It's a reminder pain to me. It's a reminder that God saved my life, really. Every time I feel that pain, I say, thank you, Father. But it's also been an exhausting time, really exhausting. And my wife has been telling me over and over again, honey, be patient. My physical therapist has said, dude, you're doing great. And my doctor, my surgeon has said, wow, you're really progressing nicely. That's all wonderful when I don't sleep through the night and when I hurt all the time and all those types of things. But my, my wife has told me time and time again, honey, you need to be patient. And then this morning we sing, strength will come as you wait upon the Lord. You know, and it's like, thank you, God. And then we, we go through all of service and the d- different types of things. And then Pastor Caleb comes up and talks about receiving that ministry. And it was like, you know, my hand was up first, you know, and to receive prayer. What a member's benefit that we have here, that we have people that are anointed, love the Lord, uh, are touched by God, and then we can then in, t- in, in turn be touched by him. You know, what's interesting, you know, I've said for years that just one touch from the king changes everything. And the way God touches us is when he reaches out to us. The way he touches us is when he speaks to us. Uh, It might be through somebody. It might be him personally. But God is a God that wants to transition us from one place to another. The natural place that God transitions so many people is from a place of dry bones to a place to where they are alive and well again. And I don't know about you, but it's great to know that we have a king that wants to love us in that fashion, that he wants to speak to us, he wants to guide us, he he wants to continue to lead us, he wants to provide miracles for us, He, he wants to be in that everyday part of our life where true relationship comes and things happen in our lives that he guides us to that changes and transforms us. The, one of the most undeniable ways that God has transformed my life is by what he has spoke to me, the different things that he has said to me. Whether it was his voice personally, I have more for you for the, than this. When, when I didn't know him, I was walking away from him. To me, that was God the Father saying, I have more for you. For It was the voice of a father that brought me into the place that it shook the core of who I was. I have more for you than this. When, I, when God continues to speak in different areas of your life at the different segments that he speaks to you, it's always something that you remember. Never forget, in my second trip to uh, California for Pastor Hayford's School of Pastoral Nurture, 
God had taught me how to jump flights at Northwest Airline. He taught me how to book that the next flight would be overbooked, and I knew it. And then I would go initially right away and say, I'll volunteer to, uh, to take a bump. And, and I would make four, six, eight hundred dollars on one trip to California. And so, but it would always put me out there right at the time of the conference. So I was zipping through, going to a McDonald's because I was starved. And uh, uh, so I go in, run in because the drive through line was long. See, you remember these things when God speaks to you, you remember the details. And so I'm, I open up my rental car door, I put my bag in, and I get ready to shut the door, and I look down, there's a penny laying on the ground. And I shut the door, and I put the key in the car and started it, and God said, wait a minute, why don't you pick up that penny? And I'm like, why would I, I I'm late, I got to get there, I got my cheeseburgers here, I'm getting ready to McDonald's out and go to the conference. And God says, open the door and pick up that penny. So I opened up the door, picked up the penny, held it in my hand, and he said, that is how much people value souls. They walk right by people, not noticing that people are hurting, that people have a need, that they have value. Everybody has value. And he said to me, the value of a penny, it represents the value of a soul. We look at it like it's valueless, and we'll walk right over it. So now I never walk by a penny. And every time I pick it up, I say, okay, God, who do you want me to minister to? Because you gave me that, you told me that. And so there's ways God speaks to us that it changes the complexity of who we are, the way we see things. Judy, put that up on the, the screen here. We've talked over the last several weeks about these things. How does God speak to us? How does he speak to us? He speaks through his audible voice, God the Father. We see that in uh, Matthew 3, 16 and 17. This is my son in whom I'm well pleased, okay? It says it sounded like a voice thundering from heaven. This is my son in whom I'm well pleased. Go back to the, the list there. And uh, the, the next way we see that God speaks to us is through dreams. We're going to talk about dreams and visions today. We're going to mention angels. We're going to look at prophets. How he talks to us through the wisdom of believers. We, we mentioned that last week. We know in the first part of the series that God speaks to us through his word. And uh, we know that he speaks to us through Jesus and the Holy Spirit, and he speaks to us through screens that stay on. So hallelujah. I love that. That is good. Good job, Judy, that capturing their attention. That was awesome. I would have never thought to do that. You are amazing. Hallelujah. And then he speaks to us through the discerning of spirits. Okay, so uh, look at Acts 9, 6. This is, this is Jesus speaking. When Jesus speaks, it kind of might sound a little bit like this. It, it might give us a, a little bit of a directional approach. In Acts 9, 6, it says, As he journeyed and came near Damascus, and suddenly a light shone around him from heaven. Then he fell on the ground and heard a, word, uh, heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And he said, Who are you, Lord? And then the Lord said, I am Jesus. Okay, there's no mistake. Do we have to, hey, Sue, how you doing, girl? Let's all welcome Sue's back to our, woo! I heard you were coming, but I kept looking for you in the normal place. 
Hallelujah, you tricked me, I like that. So, um, the Lord said, I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting. It's hard for you to kick against the goads. So he, trembling and astonished, said, Lord, what do you want me to do? Okay, there's something about that reaction when God speaks to you. He speaks to us for a reason, and it's a normal reaction. What do you want me to do? That's what, you know, when I'm in the car, it's like, okay, Lord, what do you want me to do? I want you to pick up the penny. I, I got something I want to say to you. And, uh, and he said, arise and go into the city, and you will be told what you must do. Turn with me to Acts chapter 13. Let's just look how uh, that the Holy Spirit speaks as well. And this is interesting. As a matter of fact, before we read that, go back to John chapter 6. John chapter 6. I'm so happy that you get to flip through your Bibles. And I'm so happy that you can go through your phone. There's something about tracking things in the Scripture that are extremely important to your, uh, to your walk with God. So in Acts chapter 16, we've or John chapter 16, we've talked about this multiple times. 13, 14, 15, 16, this is where Jesus is revealing the Holy Spirit to us in a way that is much more clear than it's ever been given. And in verse 12, Jesus said this, I still have many things to say to you. Say, okay, current things. I have many things to say to you. Now, he's saying this in John 16, so he's talking to those fellows about, you know, things that are going to be said, but he said, you can't bear them now. However, when he, the spirit of truth has come, what will he do? What will he do? What, well, he will what? He will guide you. How many of you would say in the days that we live in right now that you could use a good guide? Amen? Amen. I was just talking to my friend uh, uh, Jim this week at breakfast, and uh, he went to Vermont, and so he loves to fly fish. So what did he do? He looked up and researched the best guide to teach him and to show him the best place to fly fish. That's what guides do. They lead you not in any direction. They're the, they're the expert in that direction that you need to go. And so that's what the Holy Spirit is. What is he an expert in? He's an expert in hearing from God. He's an expert in obeying what, what the, the voice shows him. And he will guide you into what? All truth. We live in a day where truth is, is, is wanting to rest in the gray areas of life. But truth is truth. Truth is not a gray area thing. It's a black and white thing. And I know people don't like to hear that anymore. If you're watching us today, don't turn it off yet. Don't turn off, okay? Because this is a good thing. Truth is a good thing. For he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will what? He will speak. And he will tell you things to come. Okay, so now let's go to Acts 13. Now in uh, the church that was at Antioch, there were certain prophets and teachers, Barnabas, Simeon, who was called Niger, Lucius of Cyrene, Menin, who had, brought, uh, had been brought up with Herod the Tetrarch and Saul. And as they ministered to the Lord, as they worshiped God, as they said, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. How amazing are you, God? How wonderful are you? As they did that, 
and fasted, the Holy Spirit said, Now separate to me Barnabas and Saul for the work to do which I have called them. Then, having fasted and prayed, and they laid hands on them, they sent them away. And look at verse 4. So, being sent out by the Holy Spirit, they went down. They, so, since the Holy Spirit spoke to us, our friends laid hand on us, and we got sent away. We honored what was said, and we went down to the place that the Holy Spirit told us to go to. Now, there's something uh, really important here that you have to grasp. It's not just enough to hear from God. It's that when you hear that you do what God is saying for you to do. That when he speaks to you about being led somewhere, that it becomes a part of your, your life. It becomes a part of what you're looking for. When the Holy Spirit, he will guide us into all truth. He will show us things to come, which then we can say, yes, Lord. And we can start moving in the direction that God is calling us to do. See, with his voice comes movement for the direction that he's leading us to go. And it's a good thing because where he leads us, there's always something amazing that happens. Turn with me to Luke. Luke. Let's look at Luke chapter 1. We've covered God the Father, Jesus. We've covered the Holy Spirit. And now we're going to talk about a, a, another thing that God uses is he uses angels. Turn to Luke chapter 1 and look at, at verse 11. Now, I'm not sure if I could ever pinpoint a time in my life where I think I had an angel speak to me. Now, uh, you know, God speaks to me a lot. And, and I was thinking as I was preparing this week and wondering and thinking back to all the times, and I'm telling you, God has spoke to me a lot, a lot. But I, 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 next time God speaks to me, I'm just going to say, Lord, is this you? Is this the Holy Spirit? Is this an angel? I want to know which one, because I want to start, you know, getting that a little more clear. But the fact is, he speaks. And in verse 11, it says, Then an angel of the Lord appeared to him, standing on the right side of the altar. Okay, this is uh, uh, Zacharias he's, he's appearing to. And when Zacharias saw him, he was troubled, and fear fell upon him. Why would fear fall upon him when an angel came? Well, I can only guess it's because, number one, there, number one, there was supposed to be nobody but him there. So when something else showed up, it would have startled him, okay? But I don't think it was that, oh, wow, you startled me. I think it was, wow, that's un unbelievable. I think that there was something about that angel. I don't know if he looked like the rock or if he looked like, you know, what he actually looked like. I just got a picture of something about eight foot five with muscles ripped everywhere with uh, Gimli from Lord of the Rings beard uh, coming down. Just some kind of awesome figure. Yes, I have a vivid imagination, but I believe there was something in that time that the angel appeared to him that made him say whoa fear fell upon him and the angel said to him which they always do don't be afraid Zacharias for your prayer is heard and your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son and you shall call him John verse 17 
uh, he will also go before him in the spirit and the power of Elijah turn to the hearts of the, turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the just to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. And Zacharias said to the angel, what so many people say, we automatically go to who we are and what we don't have. Listen, when God speaks to you, he knows who you are and he's well aware of what you don't have. Somebody look at your neighbor and said, I never looked at it that way. Okay? When God speaks to you, he's well aware of who you are. Okay? And when God just did the value of the penny, the value of the soul, he knew exactly who I was. He knew that I was elated that I just got all that money from Northwest Airlines. He knew I was in a hurry because I wanted to get there. He knew that I wanted a cheeseburger, but he also knew he had a, something that he wanted to say to me, okay? So uh, when we get into that place, we have to understand that. And Zacharias said to the angel, how shall I know this? For I am an old man. I understand Zacharias, hallelujah. <laughs> I am an old man who thinks he's 18, hallelujah. And I will never, honey, I got bad news. All those times you're wondering if I'll ever grow up. I'm going to be 61 in January and it's not looking very good. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. And Zacharias said to the angel, how shall I know this? For I'm an old man and my wife is well advanced in years. And the angel answered and said to him, I am Gabriel who stands in the presence of God and was sent to speak to you and bring you these glad tidings. But behold, you will be mute, not able to speak until the day these things take place. Why? Because you did not believe my words, which will be uh, fulfilled in their own time. And the people waited for Zacharias and marveled that he lingered so long in the temple. He was in the temple for so long because he was having an incredible encounter with God. Now, one of the things that I know that we've talked about multiple times is, is that when we see God speak or we think God speaks, we don't think or, or feel like he could just speak uh, uh, at, at, at need for anyone. And we think maybe that's just, you know, for somebody who's a leader. Now, first of all, let's reemphasize this fact. We are all leaders in this room. Every one of us are leaders in this room. You're leading in one way or another, whether in your home, whether your place of work, you're, you're a leader. And so this morning, I thought what might be an interesting take to do in this session is, is to ask, I've asked a couple people to come and share how has God spoke to you? So Beth, Jesse, Gary, and Caleb, I want you guys, if you could, just come. Beth, you're, you're up here first, so we'll just kind of do this. I'm going to just kind of say, how do you know when God's speaking to you? And I know you've thought of an example, and you've already thought this through. So why don't you share what you're going to share, and then I want to know how you know, okay? Um, as most of you know, I work at Victor Ministry Center of Hope, and uh, the job was presented to me several years ago. And when the job was presented to me, it was, um, it was a little bit less money than what I was making, 
Um, but the, I had great insurance benefits at CVS through the union. I had the, the benefits, um, that kind of thing. And, but I really had this desire over the years to work at Victory. And I struggled with this. And Eddie said, you know, take the job. Lloyd's offering you this job. So we had a, uh, I think it was one of the Bill Johnson or one of the Bible studies we were doing here, one of the four life groups mm -hmm. we were doing here on a Sunday night. And one of the exercises is we separated in the building or in the sanctuary, and we were to write dreams and stuff. And I'm like, yeah, well, that's not my thing. So I'll just lay here on the floor. That's not how I generally hear from God, just as a side note. So I'm laying here like right out on the floor, and I'm, I had been struggling, and friends had been praying. Sue actually prayed for me one day about it. And um, I just said, God, you know, what do I do? And, and in my spirit, I heard you know, just say yes. And so I had, um, but God, I had, I had all the reasons, you know, I had the, well, you know, I didn't really need the money part, but the, the insurance benefits were a great perk. And, you know, I had this security and, and I said, God, I, you know, the list of reasons, yeah. the things that I was lacking, the things, and, you know, this position isn't exactly what I want. And, you know, and, and God said, do you trust me? And of course, I said, sure, yeah. And he said it again, do you trust me? And of course you say, yes, I trust you, because that's the answer you answer when God asks you that question. <laughs> and so he said it again, and he's like, do you trust me? And I thought, he might be asking me this three times because I need to think about my answer. And I laid here on the floor and I said, God, I want to trust you. I let, let me, God honest, I, I want to say, yes, I do. But in, there's just obviously something in me that's not. And God said, then don't worry about the money. Don't worry about the insurance. Just say yes. And so I emailed the next day and I said, yes. And I've been there and the, I can't explain my finances over the last, since 20 16, 15, late 15, when I took that job, I can't explain to how I, here I am in 2022 in the financial situation that I'm in and not having, it doesn't add up, mm -hmm. but God said, just say yes. And so that's what I did. And he has provided ever since that. And he also said, trust me. And he's also said, trust right. me. Yes. And so since 2016, you've had six years of trusting him and, you know, uh, how did you feel when God spoke that to you? Um, it brought this, it brought a settledness. Okay. It brought this settledness that it's like, okay, now my mind wanted to race, you know, and still try to figure it all out. But then I would say, but God said, just said yes. Right. Just say yes. And so there's times in the last six years where I'm journaling and I'm like, God, there's this issue financially and then there's this or there's this. Or, and then it's like, but God said, just say yes. And the rest is his problem. Right. The rest is his problem. He said, don't worry about it. So therefore, it's not my problem. I've had to remind myself of that. But I know that I know that I know that God spoke that to me. And so therefore, my finances, my things, yes, I have to be wise, I have to budget, I have to do all those things like everybody does. But the big picture is it's not my problem because I'm being obedient and I'm where God told me to be. And until God tells me not to be there, then that's where I'm at. And so over these six years, you've had challenges where you've had to reference yourself oh, back absolutely. to that word. 
And that Regular. word has brought you through each one of those challenges to Absolutely. where you are today. Absolutely. Okay, so you would attribute that to hearing the voice of God. Absolutely, beyond a shadow of a doubt. Okay, that's awesome. That's good. Thank you, Beth. Hallelujah. Jesse, come up. I wanted Jesse to speak because this just happened last uh, a week ago, Friday, and then last Sunday when he came to share. So, Jesse. Um, I'm, I'm talking into that mic as sure. if I don't have a mic, so sorry. So how, how did, okay, first of all, tell the story how God spoke to you on that Friday. Oh, okay. Uh, so I had been asked to do an opening, and uh, I prepared something that I thought was, um, would edify the congregation and had it all prepared, and on Friday, I've been listening through the Old Testament. I do, I just start to finish over and over again at work, uh, and it just so happened on that Friday that just I got, so it just so happened, yeah. so you'd have to trace this all the way back to Genesis 1-1 to time this right. Yeah. Like, I was just I listening. It. That is so The exact cool. scripture. Exactly. The exact so scripture, cool. and, and I just immediately was like, oh, that's amazing, uh, and it just clicked, and uh, Mark Verkler. Well, what scripture did he lead you to? Because uh, uh, First Samuel, one, three. three. It was three. First Samuel three. Three. Yeah. yeah. And so, and First Samuel three was in my sermon. Yeah, that was one of my main points I was driving people to. So. Yeah, and I, the main thing was that um, Samuel heard, but the second part was the obedience, and then to speak it, uh, and then that was what led him further and further into um, his intimacy with the Lord. Uh, well, how does that work for you? Does, when God speaks to you, does that lead you yes. into? I, you know, because I have such a love and passion for the, the logos, I have no, no doubt. I, I hear the Lord continually. Right. Uh, my, my difficulty is the obedience part. Mm. Like, I, I hear him all the time. I mean, all the time. There's never a silent moment. Uh, and, you know, now that I've um, cleaned my, my being, my, my body, I, I know that it's him. Mm -hmm. And the reason I know it's him is because he only quotes himself. Yeah. And he, <laughs> it's like, well, that's a scripture. Yeah. And it's, it's fitting for the moment. Uh, and one of the reasons that I was able to drop what I had heard and say this is the right thing, um, in Revelations, John heard seven thunders. And he was about to write it down. And God said, seal up the things you heard the seven mm. thunders utter. And I thought, well, I can seal this up, mm. this other thing, because maybe it's for another time. And right. so I had no, there was no qualms about it at all. Okay, it so though, when, when you heard that, what, what did it sound like to you? When, when you heard God say, 1 Samuel 3 is where I want you to go to put away the seven thunder, you, uh, exam what did it just and you don't have to get technical spiritual but what did it seem like or sound like to you was it something internal yeah um it's my thoughts only they're spontaneous like dropped in there got you that i mean it's not my monologue it <laughs> is dropped in okay like a good. download and then we call that a download right and so, yeah, it was just, you know, you had your thoughts here, but God had his thoughts Boop. here. And then you know that's okay. This is God speaking to me, so yeah. I'm going to listen. And it clicks immediately in there. Yeah. And there is a confirmation okay. with the word. And, and, and the confirmation came Sunday morning 
Yeah, and, that and, was amazing. And, and it not only was a confirmation for you, but it was a confirmation for me that this is awesome. I know exactly. The, the Sunday before, Corinne came up and used, you know, where I was going, confirmation, confirmation. So that's good, dude. I appreciate that. Keep hearing the voice of the Lord. Yes, sir. All right. Thanks, Jesse. Appreciate it, buddy. Gary? Uh, I know this is a man of God who hears from God. Uh, so uh, you, you were talking about an example when God said to not do something as well as to do something. Would you mind sharing? Okay. Okay. <clears throat> well, I wanted to uh, share about the Lord will <clears throat> help you when you're about to enter into real difficulties, that you will get a warning. And the first example, by the way, the way I feel like God speaks to me most of the time is through what Isaiah calls a still small voice. It's something inside of you. And who is that inside of you? That's the Holy Spirit speaking, right? Yes, yes. <laughs> so anyway, um, this was, happened 50 years ago. And um, I had a, a, an apartment on Chittenden Avenue near the university. It was actually an old house, three-story house that had been divided into four apartments. And I had two ways of going out of, of the apartment. One, I could go to the side and down the stairs and come out the front, or I could go down the fire escape in the back. Now, I almost always went out the front. Well, one day as I was, <coughs> I was uh, had a job right at that time. I was kind of in between things, and I had a job um, as a uh, substitute teacher for the Columbus Public Schools. And uh, so anyway, I got ready to go out, and I was going to go down the side stairway like I always did, and the Lord spoke to me and said, no, put a latch on that door, take the chain, put it in the latch, go out the, the back door, down the stairway, down the, the uh, fire fire escape. So I did that. I, I didn't know why, but I just did it. I was dumb enough just to do it and not try to, not try to uh, rationalize it. And uh, so anyway, um, I got back uh, after coming back, and lo and behold, somebody had tried to break into my apartment and steal what little things I had right. at that time. And I had a pretty good idea who it was that was doing it. Uh, but anyway, the Lord preserved me and, yeah. uh, you know, prevented them from breaking in. <clears throat> the other one, um, I'm a little bit embarrassed on this because this is a correction. And the Holy Spirit gives us correction, too, yeah. when we're doing something wrong. Even if, in this case, I really didn't understand that I was doing something wrong, but it came through real plain. Well, <clears throat> um, for eight or nine years, uh, Maureen and I had a part-time antique business, and we finally gave up on it when, um, you know, the um, financial crisis happened in 2008, 2009. But uh, I still continued buying things, and uh, my rationale of using the, um, I had a, uh, a certificate to be able to buy things at, um, not pay, pay um, taxes on them because 
I was going to resell them to other, some other place. But actually, the fact was that most of the things I just kept. And then I would pay the state their taxes through that one little line on the tax return for the state that says use tax. And um, so anyway, I'd actually talk to a guy uh, in the, uh, in the uh, department that told me, well, anything you want to keep, you know, pay the money at the use tax on your, on your, uh, so on your, your tax form. Okay, so anyway, I continued doing this for a while, and all of a sudden one day I was at an antique mall in, in Delaware, Ohio, and I bought something, and uh, I told him, well, I have a, uh, you know, the ability to buy without paying tax because of my, my uh, certificate that I have. And so he just put something in front of me, and I signed it, and not really taking too much, you know, interest in what it was that I signed. But when I signed the form, the Holy Spirit spoke to me and said, I don't ever want you to do this again. And I was sort of taken aback. And I said, but Lord, I, I'm giving the state their money. I'm giving it to them on the use tax. And it's coming out of my refund. That's why I do it that way. And he said, well, you just signed a form that said you're going to sell this. Mm. but you're not. Isn't that bearing false witness? Oh. And I said, yes, Lord. <laughs> That's one of the big ten. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> one of the big ten. <laughs> and I don't mean Ohio State. <laughs> and so I turned in my form that allowed me to, to buy things without paying tax on them, and I never did that again. And uh, from that point on, I was obedient to the Lord. So he will correct you, uh, particularly if you're, you know, seem to be in doubt about what you're doing. And all I was really focused on was paying the, the state their money. And the Lord said, I know you're paying the state your money, but right. I call that bearing false witness. <laughs> and I said, yes, you're right. It is bearing false witness. Even a smart guy like you can say, yes, Lord, you're right. I yeah. love that. So, Gary, those are great examples. I, I could sell one more example about being saved from a difficult situation. Um, when we were in the antiques business, you know, you, you buy and sell things, and you try to buy low and sell high. <clears throat> but the means of exchange is almost always cash, cash on the barrel head. Mm -hmm. And there was this guy that contacted me, and he said, well, I have a, uh, um, a bunch of antiques in this house. My mother passed away, and I want to sell them. And do you want to come out and take a look? And he was on the west side of Columbus. And uh, I said, yeah, I'll come out and take a look. Well, as soon as I had hung up, all of a sudden, I felt just tremendously disturbed within me. And I felt like the Holy Spirit was saying, this guy is up to no good. That he wants to steal your money. That's what he wants to do. And he may beat you up in the process. Something to that, that there might be something really bad happen. And so I wasn't quite sure what I was going to do, but I asked my wife to come with me. I thought, well, if he sees two persons 
rather than just one, that might uh, change things a bit. And the other thing, I had a, um, a, a naval aviator's jacket. It was not a real naval aviator's jacket, but it was made by Burlington Coat Factory. <laughs> <laughs> but it was authentic, authentic all the way. And I've had, when I wore that jacket, I mean, people would come up to me and say, oh, which aircraft carrier were you stationed on? Because <laughs> they thought I was a retired naval aviator. And so I put that jacket on and I had a navy hat that I put on too. <laughs> And so the guy was there. We were meeting him at this place on, on, um, on the west side of Columbus. And we we're going to drive out from there. This was a restaurant. <clears throat> and so I went up to his, his window of his car. And he looked at me. And he saw I was wearing a naval aviator's jacket. And naval aviators are trained uh, to really high, highly trained in all aspects. And uh, then he looked back and he saw that my wife was with me in my van. And I said, okay, let me go back to my van with my wife and then we'll follow you. So I went back to the van, got in the van, bam, he was gone. He mm. just took off. He was afraid of me because of the Burlington Coat Factory <laughs> coat. <laughs> that reason, that scared him off. But the Holy Spirit was showing me how to handle this situation. Yeah. And uh, so the Lord will help you if you're in danger. If somebody's trying to do something nasty to you, he's going to be there and he's going to be your helper. That's Amen. right. And the other lesson is don't mess with Gary. I mean, because... <laughs> or ignore the Big Ten. That's, those, those are fantastic. The last one that I just want to share with you is uh, Pastor Caleb had a dream. And in this dream... Uh, you can differentiate real clearly if this was a cheese pizza dream or a dream from God. Uh, I don't know about you, but I dream a lot. And I don't know why, but I still dream about being on the football field on Friday night for Reynoldsburg High School throwing touchdown passes and all that kind of stuff. Uh, but that's, that's a cheese pizza dream, okay? But God does give us spiritual dreams. So tell, tell them about your dream. Yeah, so I... Uh in opposition to Pastor Dwight, I don't dream a lot. I don't know. Is there anybody that just doesn't dream a lot? I, I don't dream a lot. And um, so when I do dream, uh, it's, it's rare. And so in, this was in 2014. It was early April of 2014. Uh, we, at that time, it was two months removed from a youth winter uh, conference that we had hosted here uh, in February of that year. And uh, as the, the one that kind of coordinates that and leads that, you usually kind of get a week to uh, kind of relax and unwind afterwards. And then you start to think, OK, well, who's speaking next year? And that can be kind of a lot of pressure because you don't necessarily know. You don't want to just pick whoever just randomly. You want to know who, who does God want the youth that are coming to this to hear from? And so it was stressing me out. You know, I was, I was praying and doing a lot of, okay, God, you know, who, um, who, who to hear from. I rewind about a year before that. Uh, I, uh, we, I had heard that the uh, youth pastor at a church called Bethel Church in Redding, California, his name was Banning Liebscher, was transitioning out of that role, and he was planning a church in Sacramento, California. I knew of that guy, 
because in 2011, we took 60 students to Chicago for a conference that they hosted. Um, at that conference, there was 15,000 youth at that conference. It was an incredible event, one of the most iconic or spiritually impacting times that I'd ever been to. There were several imposter youth there, too. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> pastor Dwight was like, I used to be a youth pastor. Does that count? So, um, so anyway, so I knew of him from that event. And uh, I had actually happened to ask uh, a youth speaker uh, a year before in about 2012, or when I found out that Banning Leapshire was transitioning, I asked, well, who's the guy taking over for him? He said, well, this guy is a guy by the name of Tom Crandall. I had no idea who that was. He wasn't on any social media, had no idea who it was. So fast forward to um, after that conversation, I said, well, do you, do you have his email? Because, you know, I'd like to e maybe email him sometime. He said, yeah. So I, he sent me his email. Okay, cool. So I held on to that. Um, so fast forward to 2014, April of 2014, after our conference, I'm starting to pray. Okay, uh, God, I, you know, have no idea who we're, who we're supposed to have for the next year because you kind of have to book them out uh, in a decent amount of time frame. So anyways, went to bed one night and I had a dream. In, in the dream, um, I knew I was at a winter camp. Uh, I, it was not this room, but I knew I was in a room with youth everywhere, and it was a winter camp. I just knew that in the dream. And I'm walking uh, down an aisleway and standing next to me. I don't even know what Tom Crandall looks like, but I just know it's Tom Crandall. And uh, that was the, it was just like I just knew in the dream. So I woke up from the dream, and I'm just in the similar way that we all do. Like, we don't necessarily know if God is really speaking what he's speaking until sometimes you step out and you just pursue right. that. And so I was like, okay, well, I remembered that I had his email from about two years before that. I've never contacted him. I don't even know what he looks like. But I'm just going to send him a cold shot email and say, hey, I have a youth conference coming up in February of 2015. Would you be interested in speaking? And I'm thinking, okay, if the youth pastor before did a conference of 15,000, the guy who's taking over for him is probably going to have a, a pretty big size group and why in the world would he come to Columbus, Ohio the, a year later for 250 to 350 people? And so anyways, I email him, and within three hours, he emails me back, which was significant in and of itself because I had never heard from this guy. So I ended up, uh, we ended up corresponding, long story short, um, within two weeks, he said, yep, I'm coming to speak. He brings a team of probably eight guys from the church. They fly here and they do the conference. Here's the crazy thing. The guy in the dream was the guy. It, it, yeah, I remember he was short, had black hair. I had never seen this guy before, but it was just crazy. That so. was quite a confirmation. Absolutely, that, yeah, absolutely. So. And so what an amazing thing to have something like that come from a dream. Yeah, that's yep. incredible. Listen, the whole point of what I'm doing this morning is to show you the reality that God wants to speak to you. He wants to speak to each of us. He wants to lead us, to guide us. He wants the Holy Spirit to show us all truth, lead us into those future endeavors. When we're walking along that pathway of life, it's not the, what he speaks at the beginning not the end of what he's going to speak, but it's going to lead you in the direction that he would have you to go. 
And so often we just either don't feel worthy, why would God speak to me, is my life cleaned up, is this happening and this happening. All of those things are negligible in the idea of our Father wants to speak to His children. And some of the greatest things that we can hear are those messages that God speaks in the dream and a vision. A vision is a, is a waking dream. That's what a vision is, where you're awake, but you see things. You know, uh, I don't know if you guys have ever done that. I do that also a lot, that I can be awake, but I can see things. I, I feel like God's showing me things, and, and that's, that's a vision. And uh, we see that in the Word as well. And uh, so next week, I'm going to go over a few more things. And yeah, we're going to set our other section back just a little because I felt like today was crucially important for everyone to hear that God speaks, that God shows us things, that God just, wherever you are, whatever you're, you're into, whatever you need, whatever uh, uh, you know, your situation is, that God can lead you into those paths to enlighten you as to how he's with you. And so um, it's, it's, it's so important for you to not only just see it biblically, but for you to see it naturally in the way that happens. Listen, we're a people that follow a supernatural God, and it should be natural to be supernatural. It should be uh, normal. Uh, I, well, I was going to say to be abnormal, but it should be... <laughs> Oh, we're abnormal, all right. We're abnormal. We are abnormal in a great way. We really are. But it should be normal to be able to, you know, uh, experience God in a way that he's going to lead and direct you. Would you stand with me this morning? Father, we just thank you for this day. It is the day that you have made. Help us to rejoice and be glad in it. Father, we're just so thankful for this idea that you continually show and guide and lead and inspire. And Father, I know you do those things to assure us that you are with us, that we are not alone, that we do not operate in the idea of what we are in the flesh, but we as believers can operate in those plans that you have prepared for us that no eye has seen and no ear has heard, for the good things that you have prepared for us. We thank you, God, that when we walk with you, that we walk in a dimension that so many people unfortunately don't know and understand. And so, God, my heart during this series is, is that there would be a new desire, even as we sang today about dry bones, that we would place those dry bones on your altar and, and say, Lord, pick these bones up, Move them, direct them, bring life into them. Father, we thank you, God, for the words that you have already spoken. So many people here have had a prophetic word that might still be lying dormant. And I pray, God, that in this series, that everyone here who has a prophetic word would pick it back up, Lord, and reread the things that you have spoke to them so that, Father, they can get to that next part of the destiny that you have in store for them. Lord, I'm so thankful that you love us. You love us more than we can ever imagine. You guide us. You protect us. You watch over us. 
in so many incredible ways. And I'm thankful for that. Let us all come to that next dimension of who we are spiritually as you lead us and speak to us and guide us. And so, Father, I thank you for each person here and those watching us online. May these four messages bring fresh revelation, new revelation, and bring new hope to the place we are now and for the place that you have for our future. And Father, we just thank and praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you so much for listening to this week's message. We hope you were challenged, encouraged, and inspired as you listened to this teaching from God's Word. For more messages or information about our church, please go to www.redeemers.life.